everybody, and welcome to Over the the podcast that aims to provide you with a dose of midweek motivation to finish your week off strong. I'm your host, Christopher Morgan. Most people call me Chris, and this is episode number 10, Accountability. In this episode, we have the opportunity to speak with Almira Cuizon. Almira comes to us with approximately 25 years of senior leadership experience, holding such roles as VP of Retail Operations at Roots Canada and VP of Sales Strategy and Business Development at Holt Renfrew. She's a gifted speaker, gracing stages globally to impart her knowledge. She's a passionate people leader and confidence builder, and most importantly, she's a dear friend. Listen closely as we discuss the subject of accountability and how the act of owning it can make the difference in your life and the lives of others. Enjoy. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining yet again. I'm very excited to uh, be with our guest here today, Elmira Cuizon. Um, now, I'm not going to steal all of the thunder and actually introduce her. I'll let her do that herself. But um, Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to be a part of this podcast, Chris. Yeah, good, good, good. Now, for those of you that may not know, um, Ali and I have a history. We go back years and years and years, like over a decade. And uh, she's definitely very much so a mentor of mine and has been a person that has been pivotal in my personal leadership growth and my development as, as a person. I thought for the 10th episode, there would be no one better to have on this podcast than her to also share some of the wisdom with you. So, of course, yeah, definitely, my pleasure. So, question number one, Ali, we're going to jump right into it. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, so basically, when I talk about my professional background, I have actually been uh, an executive leader for the last uh, decade or so, and I've had the opportunity to lead small teams and large teams up to 2,500 people, but no more important than the three people I am personally raising um, today. And th those are my three children, my two daughters and one son. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And I got to tell you guys, last time I was uh, spending some time with Ali, you know, I had a, one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life was with her two children. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that, if that's just really a compliment to them, or I don't know if that's to my detriment, but it was a fantastic conversation. Um, you know, I'm excited because today we actually get to talk about um, accountability. You know, when you talk about being a parent and when you're talking about being a leader who grew leaders, accountability is a central piece of that conversation. So, um, Almir, I just want to get your perspective. How important is accountability to you and what role has that played in your life as well? Well, I think it's been the most successful, I think, motivator for me. I think accountability was a, a powerful behavior that actually changed my life. So it's something that I try to live and breathe. It's something that I certainly teach to my children. I try to give that type of advice to my friends because I do think that when you look at yourself and look at you and how you participate in the solution of the problem, um, it could actually change behaviors. It changes lives and it changes the situation favorably. So for me, it's one of those uh, skills that I think that is important to cultivate, um, not only professionally, but um, as a parent and with your friends. I really like how you're relating accountability to perspective. We've had this conversation on previous episodes where we talk about the difference between 
being a victim, which is actually being impacted by things that are happening in your external environment. And um, also victim mentality, which is something that keeps you trapped in a certain place. And I think embracing accountability is the thing that will allow you to walk along a path that is conducive to your long-term success. So accountability gets such a terrible and negative rap. I think it's such a, an unfortunate thing because when you really look at the word accountability and how it's being used, it's usually used in a punitive manner. Uh-huh. It's seen as very harsh and negative. And a lot of people are scared to use that word at all because what it requires you to do is look inwards. What it requires you to do is assess the situation and uh, really understand um, what role you play in that particular situation. And on the reverse side, when you're talking about holding somebody else accountable, um, again, it doesn't have to be seen as punitive because quite frankly, when I hold my children, my friends, my team accountable, I do it because I care, because I want to demonstrate that I'm paying attention to their behavior. I'm also pointing out an area of opportunity that, that could be a handicap for them. And I just want them to be better. So really account, holding somebody accountable and making them responsible for their actions makes them more aware of who they are as a person and how they affect and impact somebody's life or the way somebody feels. So this is why accountability is so important for me because it's in both facets. One where you look inwards and one where you act actually hold somebody accountable, which is actually more scary for most people because they just don't know how because they deem that as being mean. But in mm-hmm. fact, you used to, you, you, you should be using accountability to demonstrate that you care. hundred percent, you know, and I think I completely agree that accountability often comes with some negative connotations uh, when the reality is when you talk about looking inward and you talk about caring about other people, all of that is extremely positive. You know, I think when I think of accountability, I also think that if you want to get to the end result of resilience or having grit to be able to push through things, that journey starts with accountability. It can't, it can't, you can't start that, that journey without actually embracing the word and what it means. Um, so I'm curious actually for yourself, Ali, uh, tell us about a challenging time that you had faced in your past and what was the challenge and then how did you find the strength to actually push through it? Okay, so I'm going to share a very personal story And some of you that are listening to this podcast might have heard it already, but it's a powerful story for me because this is the way that I learned how to transform. I learned how to hold myself accountable during this experience. And because of it, I was able to get promoted, promoted multiple times. So I was working for the Alder Group as a buyer. Now I've spent the majority of my time uh, leading teams of people, being in operations and sales, and, and I thrived. I really loved it. I excelled in it. I love leading people. But I was posed with the challenge to move to a different province, work in a different language, and work with different leaders and work a different job completely and learn a different skill. I didn't know if I was going to be any good at it. But you know, when you're so used to being an expert at your field and you're so used to winning, when you learn something new, it can be really, really scary. And I think that through that experience, I, I absolutely failed miserably my first year doing it. And I thought to myself, like, why am I failing? Um, I had a great leader who I, who I very much respected. Her name was Jose. And um, she was a person who was highly artistic, very, very creative. Uh, but I had difficulty learning from her because she had a very, very different style. And I kept on making mistakes. 
and I didn't feel successful and I didn't feel confident. But when I look back on this situation, the reason why I felt the way that I did is because I didn't look at myself first. I looked at the leaders around me and said, hey, they're not giving me the coaching that I wanted. I, I, I blamed the environment that I was in because, hey, this is not my first language. I'm trying to work in French half the time and I'm not understanding, so they should speak English. I looked at the job and say, wow, this, this job sucks. But really, who sucked? It was me. I did not ask the right questions. I didn't ask for help. I didn't get clarification. I didn't communicate effectively to my leader that I was struggling because I had so much pride, too much pride to say that, you know what, I don't, I don't think I'm doing a good job and I am failing miserably and I need your help. I didn't do any of those things. Instead, I blamed others around me. And because of that, that became a cyclical thing. And every single day I went to work, I didn't enjoy my job. I didn't like coming to work. I, I didn't feel that the team was supporting me. Well, you know what? Who would want to support a jerk? I don't think that my behavior demonstrated anything constructive. I don't think that I was being very positive. Um, so when I look back at that experience and I looked about that biggest failure in that moment in time for me, I was very, very lucky because I still had great leaders that, that believed that I could, but what I understood or recognized is that that wasn't the right role for me, but it could have been the right role for me if I, if I took a different attitude and if I took a different approach, even though I know that I love being in operations, I could have been successful if I took accountability for everything that was going wrong in that environment because I controlled that environment. I controlled my happiness. I was unhappy because I wasn't learning, but all I had to do was ask. I was making mistakes because I wasn't getting clarification because I never seek guidance from a leader that I deeply respected and admired. So um, when I had left that position, it never felt good. It didn't sit right with me. So for me, I looked at myself um, after that experience and said, wow, I, I think that I'm the one who, who screwed that up and I could have been better and I could have, I could have taken that experience and, and really flourished with it. But quite frankly, it wasn't something I was passionate about. So I know that I knew that path was limited. Regardless, um, I knew that in the future, and I made a promise to myself that I would look at myself first, ask for help, get the guidance that I needed in order to be successful. But most importantly, I made it right. I called Jose afterwards and I said, you know what, Jose, I'm extremely uh, sorry for, for, for that experience that I gave you. I could have been a better person. I could have been a better employee. And I think it would have been much more of a pleasure for me to coach so I could have been better, but I don't think I gave you that opportunity. So that was the way that I held myself accountable. And so for future jobs and how I push through is that whenever I was in a situation where I didn't feel comfortable, where I wasn't sure, and where I wasn't certain that I was going to succeed, I did the complete opposite of what I did at Aldo. I asked for the help. And I looked at myself first and said, okay, so we didn't meet the sales. Instead of talking about how the buyers didn't give us the right product, or, or I looked at other departments and what they lacked, I looked at my leadership first and said, okay, how did I communicate that to my team? Maybe it's in the way that I led them that got them to that, to, they got us to the situation. So in doing so, I was able to really shift my mindset and focus on what I can do, what I can control. And I proved to myself that I'm powerful and that I can 
actually influence the results that I want because I believe I can make the difference through what I ask, what I learn, and how I collaborate. And through that, I got promoted multiple times in my career for years and years after my experience at the Elder Group. I think that's such a fantastic story because you speak about accepting the situation that you're in. It's something that I often say, you know, there's a world that should be the, the ideal world that we all think of that doesn't really exist. And then there's the world that is. And once you accept the world that is and the circumstances, you can start to navigate throughout that. Without that acceptance, there's no moving forward. And it's so powerful when we're talking about accountability, because once you accept that you are the person that is in control of your own destiny, that impact lasts forever. You also believe that you're powerful. Yes. You also believe that you control your environment. Because when you're not accountable, you believe it's everybody else's decision and it's everybody else's um, power that determines your fate. Yes. And it isn't true. Because I think that everybody gets put in a tough situation. How you respond to it is your choice. Uh -huh. So you have to choose to respond to it in a way that's going to foster growth for you and for those that you lead or for those that you influence around you. Yes, very, very well said. So then as a leader and as a parent, how do you teach accountability to others now that you've learned it? I think the best way to teach it is to do it and be the example. So a lot of people think, okay, this is the moment that I have to show that I'm accountable. No, you practice it all the time. You practice it with your children. So the other day it was really funny. One of my, one of my daughters, I, I, I always say something as simple as, Guys, every time you change the garbage, you must put a new garbage bag in the garbage. It drives me crazy when they don't do it, right? It drives mm -hmm. me crazy. And sure enough, my daughter comes to me just this morning and says, Mom, did you change the garbage? Yes, I did. Because did, <laughs> did you put the liner in the garbage bin? And I said, uh, no, I didn't. And she goes, that's okay. I said, actually, Jasmine, it's not. And I want to apologize to you because that's something that I preach and I have to be a better example for you. So if I ask that of you, I should be doing it myself. And those are the type of simple conversations that you have because if it's not okay for them, it can't be okay for you. And when you're talking about a work environment, it's important that your team sees you take accountability. You're not perfect either. So if somebody approaches you and says to you, you know what, um, I didn't like it when you said this. Now, you have, you have a choice at that moment. You could be defensive. You could really be defensive and say, you want to know something? Well, that's because you did this. Or you could say, you know what? I'm not sure how I made you feel that way, but I'm really sorry I made you feel that way. Can you tell me what I said specifically to make you feel that way? So you're not exactly apologizing for the situation because, quite frankly, you could be justified with making the person uh, feel a certain way, but not, not horrible, but you want them to feel a little healthy sense of inadequacy. But that was that could not have been your intent 100%, but at least understand their perspective. And it's important that when you're teaching accountability, that you become an active listener as well, too. I think that a big problem that a lot of people have, not just in leadership, but just even when you're speaking to your friends, is that when they say one or two things that set you off in a conversation, you're so fixated. You're so fixated on that particular thing and how you can defend your actions or your words or the commentary that you made that you stop becoming an active listener. You need to kind of disassociate 
from your own personal anger or emotion at that moment and say, okay, you know what? I got to really pay attention. What was it that I specifically said or did to make them feel that the way that they did because that was not my intention? And so being an active listener and making sure that when you're in a group environment that you really show your active listening skills and how you take accountability for and responsibility for some of the things that you don't even control, but you know that you could influence in the future. An example would be often in a meeting, um, especially in, in, in the scale of responsibility that I have, I, I was responsible for over a hundred stores and somebody would say, Hey, you know what? I was in one of your stores and I had really terrible service. Um, and, in, and in fact, product wasn't in the right place and, uh, and you're overscheduled or whatever the case may be. Now I have a choice in that matter. Well, really, because quite frankly, you as a buyer didn't give me that product. The, 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 the right product mix wasn't there. So I had to kind of makeshift everything. And you know what? I wasn't on the floor, so I can't control what's going on. Or you could respond like this. You know what? I hear what you're saying. What time of day was that? Um, who did you engage with? Okay, so you, you engage with Billy, and I, Billy's one of my managers. Let me get back to you and find out exactly what happened, but I'm sorry that you have that really bad experience. And then you could go back, and if there's justification for what you see, then you could communicate that. But take accountability for that bad experience, but talk about how you're going to make it better. And I think that that works personally as well, too, in friendship. Take a step back. Don't react and understand what that person is, is telling you and take a time or take the moment to reflect and uh, talk about ways how you can make it better. Focus more on that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, you talk about the active listening and I think one of the most important things that you can do to groom accountability in any relationship is to allow a safe space for that to happen. You know, by showing the example, one, you're showing that it's okay and inviting other people to hold you accountable allows that interchange to let people know that it's normal. All too often, uh, especially within the business world and especially within an office, politics set in and then we use, um, we all of a sudden put up our defenses and we build up these mechanisms to protect ourselves when the reality is, is that everybody were a little bit more accountable, everything would be better. Exactly. And, and quite frankly, isn't it refreshing that you're talking to your partner, your husband, your wife, uh, your boss, your employee, your children, isn't it just great instead of cringing to have in your mind a half an hour conversation or an argument about one small thing, mm-hmm. but instead shifting that and saying, okay, you want to know something? I could make this conversation 45 seconds or less and just go into that room and say, you want to know something? I know I screwed that up. I know I screwed that up. I'm going to make it better. You know, how can I make this better? Ask those powerful questions and, and allow them to, to tell you how you can be better. And there's nothing wrong with that as well, too. And, and I have to tell you, my last experience with The Roots, I had a team that really took accountability for their actions. Our conversations were far shorter. They were far more productive because they took accountability and I took accountability. And it wasn't saying sorry, it was just acknowledging that that took place and acknowledging that one person didn't feel right about it, but spending the time to make it right. No, very well said. And I think you you touched on this a little bit, but I'm still going to go ahead and ask the question anyway to see if there's any other tips that you have for everybody. Um, so we talked about teaching accountability. Now, as a person, what you, can you do to practice being more accountable? Do you have any additional tips? 
practice being more accountable. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, that just takes practice. And mm -hmm. it, it, it takes being around people that also make you feel safe. Because I think that sometimes people shift their mindset and say, taking accountability means I say sorry for everything. I take responsibility for their bad behavior, for, for things that, that all the things that, that, that I can't control because I mean, that's what taking accountability is all about, but, it, but it's, not, it's not necessarily the case. Um, you really, really need to look at yourself, listen attentively to that situation, take accountability for what you're responsible for, uh, not for everything. If a marriage fails, and uh, as an example, um, and that, that person has been dating three other people while you're married, you're not going to say, excuse me, I'm going to take accountability <laughs> for you <laughs> dating three other people. You're going to take accountability for making a person not feel valued that you felt like you had to do that. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to take accountability for the choices they made. You need to hold them accountable for that. Yes. All right, so it's time for the lightning round. Uh, and the rules of the lightning round are very simple. It's pretty much going to take the same format of our discussion. Um, you could answer and elaborate as much as you see fit. Um, so here comes question number one. Uh, the number one thing that you do in the morning to set your day up for success is? Okay, so the first thing that I do in the morning is I don't look at my phone. I try not to anyways, because it's a death trap. I want to start my day with no anxiety. So I go into the shower and I have that 15 minutes by myself where I could collectively energize and feel good about waking up. Awaken my mind, awaken my spirit and organize my thoughts and my tasks that I had from the night before and talk about how I'm gonna achieve that to myself. And so I do that routine, I get out of the shower, then I look at my emails to see um, if there's anything that supersedes some of those tasks, but overall, I feel good about how I'm going to attack it because I've had that time to be creative and I've had that time to organize um, all of my actions and, and how I want to be that day. That is absolutely fantastic. It's funny because, you know, meditation takes place in many different forms for many different people. And it sounds like in a sense that your meditation kind of happens in the shower and that's how you set up everything. And that's, that's great. It's the calm and the peace that I need before a chaotic day. Yeah, I love that. Okay, question number two. So what is one word or one thing that you would say helped you find the success that you have in your work or life? To say that I'm willing. And I think that people talk about a can-do attitude. I talk about a will-do attitude because a lot of people can do a lot of things. And it's not a matter, it's not a matter of can I do it? It's will I do it? And there's such a strong... Of delineation between the two words, but we talk about a can-do attitude. I talk about a will-do attitude, and I'm willing to do the work. I'm willing to put in the time. I'm willing to do anything possible to make my dreams happen. That's a will-do attitude. That is absolutely fantastic. Okay, so number three is a fill-in-the-blank. So life isn't life if you're not... Less critical. Ooh, please elaborate. So being less critical means being less critical to about yourself and being less critical of others. And there's just more of a, a positive, constructive way that you could communicate with others and with yourself uh -huh. to move you forward. And we are fixated at times on all that is wrong. And we criticize what we did wrong versus 
focusing our time and energy on making it right, making our relationships right, making ourselves feel right about a bad situation. Yeah, that's that's absolutely so fantastic. And then this leads to the last uh, the last question, which I believe you kind of just answered a piece of it. So let's see if we got something else. Um, what would one habit, um, one habit that you would recommend to drop immediately that would improve the lives of others? It is about being less critical. So I think I've, I've, I've answered that. Um, that. That actually helps build confidence. And it's important because I think not just a role as a leader, but as a parent and as a friend, even for you, you, you have to be able to forgive yourself. You have to be less critical of yourself and, and embrace your flaws and celebrate them because, you know, it's those little flaws that make you weird, mm. but being weird makes you stand out and sets you apart. So it's about embracing those things that make you quirky and different and, and, and really recognizing that instead of being so critical of it and using it to your advantage. I love that. I love how you frame that, that, you know, through your flaws, um, that's essentially where you find the genuine version of yourself. And that is such great advice. Almira, thank you so much for your time today. There was, there was a lot of good in this conversation. I uh, know that so much of what you discussed is going to help so many people listening to this podcast and people that are a part of the over the hump community. So thank you yet again. Always my pleasure, Chris. Anytime. Take care. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today. Now, if you liked what you've heard, please feel free to head to www.overthehump.podbean.com. Feel free to like, share, and subscribe to any of the content, and also leave us some comments. We'd love to interact and engage with everybody. Almira Cuisan can be found on LinkedIn, and her details and the link to her contact information can be found on the main page at www.overthehump.podbean.com. We'll talk to you next week.